Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Ring, 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 ring. May I please speak with Zoe? Oh, hello, Lamorne. Let's patch in Hannah. God, I forgot what it was like working with you guys. Welcome to our show. Welcome to our show. Hello and welcome to... Welcome to our show. Welcome to our show. <laughs> I'm Zoe. We have Lamorne and Hannah here and a very, very special guest, Love Raquet, one of Hello. our amazing um, writer-producers on the show, and he was there with us from day one. Day, day one. Day, day one, and it, and it feels like you haven't left, Love. <laughs> feels like you never um, left. Well, he was like, stalking you, Lamorne. So that was that was did, that that part of his life. Have we addressed that already? I'm sorry for my tardiness. Um, we, no, I still haven't mastered fatherhood Lamorne, yet. So we haven't addressed anything. <laughs> oh, just you haven't. Started. Um, well, I want to address two things while, while we got while we got you here. Well, there's an agenda procedure, but all right. Right, cool. <laughs> He'd like to jump right to the <laughs> camera. <laughs> this, I, uh, I, I looked on my cameras one day, my security cameras, and uh, this is for the folks at home who don't, you know, who don't know love. Love, like most people, drops deuces oh from time God. to time. And oh I go, I check my security camera uh, one day. Um, this is a real story, and I have photos to prove it. 
I feel like you need so much more context. <laughs> no, no, we'll, we'll, we will this memento this. We will go. <laughs> we'll go backwards to to to, cl- to clean up the story. But I checked my security cameras. There are porta potties outside of my house, and who is standing there? Now, if I were telling this story, I would try to let the audience know that there are porta potties in front of your house and why, and and then maybe say like. I have security cameras pointed outside my house and yeah. low no, no, no. but that's me. You know, I yeah, Love yeah. Rock is a really good writer. We should probably listen to him. <laughs> yeah, how would he tell story the story? Time. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's going to tell the story in a very sitcommy way. I was going to tell it in a very HBO way. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, you're, but anyway, you, is that well, elevating? Huh, are you no, elevating? Just, no, it's just dirty. <laughs> it's, it's just got some f bombs yeah. and some, like the the like the nineties era. I'm gonna tell you, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna tell you what I know is that Lamorne sometimes has people who maybe rent out their house for productions. Um, next mm-hmm. door to him or across the street, neighbors. Great and that, establishing fact, I would say. Yeah, and that and that when you have a production, there's there there's lots of trucks and things, equipment that need to be brought in, mm-hmm. and um, one of those kinds of trailer trucks. Yeah, but there's no that, shock. There's on. no shock value. There's no shock value. <laughs> well, I might get to the shock. We need then to build you can suspense still have shock first. Value, well, and then <laughs> one of those things is a porta potty. And Love um, was working on a show. He was there um, as a writer producer, I'm assuming, and um, you know, overseeing you know all the words that people are saying. And he had to go to the bathroom. We don't know whether it was one or two. Only Love knows that. I think probably only Lamorne knows that because he has the timestamps of the of the yeah, footage. So, but yeah, love. So, yeah, what was it? Number one or number two? Uh, you know you what? You would have to tell me. On a production, it also could be a third option where you're just in there hiding from responsibilities. That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, need a break not, from people. Uh, <laughs> I think not you've got to have a pretty choose. bad set if 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 the porta potty is to step up and it's like a <laughs> refuge from uh, from the set. But uh, no, yeah. but but you know, I listen. I do apologize about dropping the bomb first before I establish the the, the setting. Yes, they were filming I mean, a TV you, show. Yes, your you crime is against bathroom. storytelling, not against me. So, it's, <laughs> it's but but the folks out there who tuned out immediately <laughs> <laughs> left knowing that you made one this fact. bed, and now we all have to lie in it. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I mean, we could do another intro now if you want. We could. I make feel like hello, everyone. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome to, to our show. show. Talking to uh, one of the best producer writers in this whole town. Yeah, yeah, talk about of conversation. yeah. Uh, new girl questions maybe you guys you guys can't see this but love uh is rocking the smoothest mustache that i've oh, seen yeah. him rock. it is a very smooth this mustache. is like bollywood hero level thank stash. you oh yeah you, you definitely on a bollywood poster right now uh, right now and with right. a one eyebrow up eh. and and you're 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 showing us that you're the romantic lead 
Yeah. Well, you're giving me you time, Sally. You're, it's time. You're you know? wooing with some dances. I'm just trying to diversify the bets I'm putting out there in Hollywood. And... <laughs> you're just throwing it out there for everybody, ain't you? Um, this is a leftover from my uh, Gomez Adams Halloween costume oh it looks great gazal was morticia and i thought i would just uh keep it going for a little while i was enjoying it yeah you you are giving me raw julia right now julia vibes yeah Yeah. that's what you look like that's what i was aiming at well you Um, you, you, you nailed it thank you you nailed it thank you um so you were with us from Pretty much the very, very beginning, as soon as there were writers hired, I heard your name from our wonderful Liz Merriweather. I remember her saying that she had gotten this amazing writer um, named Love Raquet, who had been on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, with my brother-in-law, David Hornsby. A genius. Um, um, And um, so I was... You know, I remember being like, who is this love, Raquet? <laughs> first of all, amazing name. Yeah. And um, do you remember the first episode that you wrote? Of course. Of course. In fact, there I think as a as a parting gift, I have uh two this little painting right here, not painting, framed piece of work. It are two pages from that script that Liz Brett and Dave gave me. Um Aww. when you know, it's a graduation gift. So yeah. that episode was Bells. Bells. Oh, Bells. Fantastic episode. Ensemble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the episode I got injured on. We, <laughs> one of the many. Yeah. I was like, wait, which? Yeah, Lamorne was always injuring himself in unconventional ways. Yeah, and that I was, was trying to spice things up. That was like one of those... um Kind of like you know wear and tear, yeah. Um, from from <laughs> practicing bells so much, his wrist. Fun fact, fun fact. Yeah, uh, both my wrists are still dainty, still very injured, and I would like to say that bells had something to do with it. I think you got a case. <laughs> it's like a I got a case. Cop, I think you please. got a case. So time to get paid. Time to get paid. <laughs> That's just who, smart who are you going to sue? I don't know. Love. It sounds like me. <laughs> love. Love. <laughs> Your firstborn child. <laughs> you yeah, want another yeah. kid, Lamorne? <laughs> uh, sure. I'll, yeah. If you yeah. you pay you pay for a kid. He's cute. He's good. very cute. He's a cute one. Yeah. He was a shark. <laughs> Um, love take it all the way back so how did you connect with liz brett dave how did they convince you to be on a completely untested brand new show um well i mean you know there there's just kind of the straightforward answer is you know these things are you know arranged by agents and there's like scripts that are like they send you know like someone submits you and they read your script and they're like all right we like this guy we like the script let's meet the guy i met uh there's like a first meeting with one of our other producers puvin shetty Mm. oh yeah puvin's awesome cleared that bar um and then got um, through that guy yeah he tried but he failed um stump you he's like here's a rubik's cube solve it you have five minutes here's the porta potty what's yeah. it gonna be there's a bomb yeah um and uh and then you know i 
and then I met with Liz, Brett, and Dave. It didn't take very much convincing because they screened the pilot, which I think is is just one of the great comedy pilots of the last 20 years, for sure. I mean, it just kind of, it's pretty electrifying still, I think. Um, And I've gone back to watch it every now and then. It's like, this is just really, really good. You kind of get everyone. It's really funny. It's about something. So, you know, it was a one-way convincing. We were kind of like, at the end of that, we're both we're all like mutually convinced and just like enjoying each other's company. We're like, "You're great, you're great, you're great." <laughs> um, one of those types of things. And then you know the ride began. And what? And a then ride. they gave you bells to ride. And then yeah, area of expertise. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, know, how experienced were you at playing the bells? Since we know that that you it came from experience, <laughs> <laughs> very experienced um, uh, from all of my church. Um, you know, I the genesis of that episode was the you know that was going to be that was like our first like let's const let's let's really like do a Winston story. Um, and the kernel of that one was we want to have like a, a, a Jess thing that she's really into. And she's like, I want to invite Winston into this cause he seems interested in it, but then he like starts to dominate it. Um, and initially that was going to be, um, a, a much inferior idea. There's going to be like a, a TV discussion group that Jess was in for a fake version of Downton Abbey called Crandall Lane. And- oh my God, I remember this so well. I remember the, the original version. Yeah. Because I like remember, a- yeah, because everyone was obsessed with Downton Abbey at that yeah. time. I know. And- I- Which I still call Downtown Abbey. <laughs> you know what Downtown Abbey? I think, that, I think the moment we knew that Lamorne was going to call it Downtown Abbey, we're like, I think we should do something more visual. Yeah. Because yeah. I know a few Downtown Abbeys, let me tell you. I know. She's downtown and her name's Abby. <laughs> like three and four downtown Abby. Yeah, I'll show you my phone. I got a whole section. It's short for yeah. Abigail, everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was... What was it called? Was Crandall Lane? Crandall Lane. There was going to be a theme song to the tune of Purple Rain. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, but yeah, then we're, I don't I don't remember where the bells detail came from. Um, but you know, it was somebody one of those wanted things. to injure Lamorne's wrist. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, a what's list a really heavy instrument that you have to swing? Yeah, those things those things look like they're ready to pop. Let's. It's kind of like a light kettlebell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you first start out, start off as an actor, and you 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 put your list of skills at the mm-hmm. bottom of your resume. <laughs> Maybe you guys saw my first resume. Handbells definitely was on there. Yeah, handbells. <laughs> thinking. Like, what's the most humiliating, repetitive stress? <laughs> Puzzles. Um, Yes. And then you did this one that I just, I feel like, I feel like, did you write like a fair number in season one? I feel like you wrote like four or five. Is that correct? Yeah, they were, they just kind of kept circling back to my plate. Um, And so, yeah, I did did a bunch in season one. You do the 23rd, is that correct? 
I did not do the oh, 23rd. Oh, okay. But you did the you did I the think... Schmidt's birthday party though, right? Yes, the story of the 50. Story of the 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did that one. Story of the 50. I j- literally just watched and it's so funny. And that... I remember it it morphed a fair amount because oh we God. had a lot of stuff thrown at us, like um the fog. Yes. That day? Yes. We were shooting on a mountaintop. We were supposed to be able to see all of LA. A lushly decorated mountain. We could see for miles. And and as soon as we like all truck up there with all of our trucks of various kinds, that's been discussed already. Um, <laughs> and um, we're like, God, you guys killed it. This is beautiful, beautiful location. And the set deck is stunning. And I think, I believe the theme was uh, Tuscany. Uh, that Tu- was, oh yeah, uh, that's right. Tuscany. Yeah. Yeah. Just and then Tuscany, some, uh, for, you know, the Jess, Jess curated party yes, for Schmidt. Right, right, right. Which is why the charcuterie makes sense when you hear it later, but Jesus not when Christ. you don't know. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Of course, people <laughs> serve that at parties, but, but it, it was like, yeah. it was all themed in because <laughs> Jess is, you know, but then it couldn't be Tuscany because we had a thick marine layer that just rolled in. At, right as we like, like started London to shoot. Fog. Yeah. Like you could barely see like three feet in front of you, let alone like the entire city of LA. Yes. It suddenly <laughs> was like, oh, this is a student film. <laughs> was I in this episode? I did not recall this one. This you were in the episode. You, but what I just realized is. Yeah, you're in. I was not in sure. Bells and I was not in the story of the 50. And I remember being so excited hearing that there was an Indian writer that had been hired for the show. <laughs> and I feel yes. like every episode that you wrote. We were kept apart. He we wrote were you kept out. apart. There's too many of us. By our families. <laughs> By your family. <laughs> yeah, it's a real Romeo Juliet story. <laughs> yeah, if, if, it, if it hadn't been for that, you guys might be married at this point, right? <laughs> And that's what everyone was talking about on set. That was the crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, everyone no. their diversity love, quota. Could if Hannah shoot. and Love yeah. would meet, yeah. like they would fall in love and marry. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> yeah. But, no, I, but I do remember sorry, being he's so Bells, excited. So it's not going to happen. <laughs> Can't have her in it. Write her out. Yeah. Write her out. Well, maybe after Bells. No, no. Then he's going to do Story of the Fifty. Yeah. Another area of expertise for you, writing just douchebag jokes nonstop yeah yeah is that an easy thing for you you know i know you know writing for certain characters some of it comes from inside of you experience whatever the case may be writing for a character like schmidt in particular mm-hmm. probably tv's favorite douchebag of all time <laughs> is that is that something that was easy for you is that something that comes from people you know yeah r- real easy um you know i think i don't know i guess i am friends with a lot of douchebags you know that was that's one of those terms i guess people just kind of say bros now or i don't know i don't know what they say that type has certainly been around forever yeah, they don't go away. You think they will, and then they won't. They're just like a bad penny. Yeah, they're just like showing like, back up, like shark teeth. There's just like the old ones fall out, and the, there's just a million new ones right behind. Yeah, there's a new social climber with uh, yeah. a voc- vocabulary full of like shortened <laughs> words. Um, I think, I think honestly, like a lot of like it's always sunny type of maybe not specifically the jokes but like that aggressive point of view 
mm-hmm. will, will lent itself to Schmidt jokes. Yeah. And there's just like a fun, like id to Schmidt to, you know, and, yeah. and then also, you know, Max just like grabbed such a hold of that character. You could, it was just very clear what a Schmidt joke would be. Yeah. It's funny. I, I like, I remember being, there were certain, I think it was like season two where I got the feeling that the writers were really tired because sometimes I would get jokes and I'd be like, this is clearly a Schmidt joke. And then I'd call, <laughs> I remember calling up Liz and being like, um, you meant this for Schmidt, right? And she was like, oh, I mean, yeah, maybe. And I was like, yeah, that's a Schmidt joke. Like there would be like, it's so clear what a Schmidt joke is. Yeah, you know? You're, Liz, you're having me mispronounce potpourri. Like, that <laughs> yeah. like a... That's a Schmidt. For those is... out there who don't know what potpourri is, it can all it can sometimes be used um, as an air freshener <laughs> yeah. in bathrooms, porta potties, things of that nature. How? <laughs> what is this? We're just calling it back. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we were speaking about. I've the, never the, seen the, anyone put potpourri in a in a porta potty, but really, poopery. Have, have you heard of poopery? Yeah, but this that's episode not is poopery. brought to you by poopery. Uh, this is an obsession. Love. It's, an ob- <laughs> it's not an obsession. Love, because I you think know, we I, might have to get them to sponsor the show and just have Lamorne only do. Yeah, the, uh, the New Girl the, podcast sponsored yeah. by Glade. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but look, there's a reason why I bring that up because you know, on that episode, uh, the the twenty third. Um, I you had mean, a car. Oh, the twenty third. Oh, right, the twenty third. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but love has nothing to do. Love with has nothing to do know, with that but episode. I, but, but we're gonna I, bring it back up. Okay. I can go, tell yes, you one memory as it stirs in me. Yes, there was a memory that 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 I wanted to ask if you remember. Did you hear about this? Did, was it, did, <laughs> did it travel back to the writers' room? Well, I actually, I, the twenty third, I believe, was season two, and I don't think I was on no, the season show. one. Season one. Christmas episode. The yeah. houses. Yeah. yeah. Candy yeah. Cane Lane. Candy Cane Lane. So and on Candy Cane Lane, Lamorne had an, an, an had a, incident. A bit of an, an incident, accident yeah. and incident. Explosive. An incident. That's why I was wondering mm. if you had heard it, but I'm glad <laughs> the writers hear, hadn't but, gone back. I guess back. nobody <laughs> talked. No one went, no well, one I mean, went back I and, and reported now. it. <laughs> it's okay love Lamorne can you had, honestly get off the subject bro like i mean it, i'm hearing like, explosive i'm hearing some kind of love Lamorne stop had it a, drop portable <laughs> Lamorne had a had a food poisoning or something zoe we've been asking you this whole episode to stop talking about porta potties <laughs> and you had internal keep... <laughs> injuries oh, he had no. internal <laughs> injuries <laughs> love i had to go really really bad that's all i was just and i i, I thought me and you were brothers in in that and that i love how you're asking love was like not on set <laughs> didn't write the episode of like nine years ago you heard the story of when i had to poop bad on set yeah, yeah. like this is how we're using our time oh hey yeah. i've been dying to ask you did you hear about when love, I love. <laughs> love, you gotta stop, man. You gotta stop. You're making me blush. Um, um, move, moving on. No, I think that the, the confidentiality of the set protected you until oh. now. Until now, now everyone knows. Yeah, and that's that's what I appreciate about New Girl. to Malmouth and he was saying how Hey girlfriends it's me Carol Fisher I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends 
In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i used to have so many men how this beguiling woman in her 50s she looked like a million bucks with zero qualifications she had a harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents 
She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or we told him, Zoe, you told him, right? That yeah, Liz I had, had heard said- that Malmuth was like, like really like good at um, writing jazz lines. Was there a character that you felt like you were really like that? Like you're just like, that's like super easy for me. Like I'm really good at writing like, you know, Winston or CC or Jess or Schmidt or Nick. Was there somebody or did you feel like you were more of like uh, all around? Uh, I think I was all, all, around. all around, all around her yeah. type. Yeah, I, I enjoyed them all. I mean, I think it's no secret that we like didn't really figure out Winston till later. <laughs> yeah. um, Interesting. So, you know, I think I think we were kind of like at we first just, you were like he's really good at stuff, and then when you we got like, to know Lamorne, and you're like, the I don't problem think so. with Winston is that he's so good at everything that it's irritating. <laughs> that- <laughs> <laughs> And then, then you're like, so oh, no, actually, he's just a nerd who loves puzzles <laughs> and cats. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's what it took to, you know, you, sometimes you got to start a couple fires and see, yeah. see which one goes. And then I became your favorite to write for. That's amazing. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, man. There's so many avenues to pursue. So Love, many- you were with us from the beginning to the end. Wait, correct? you took a break though, right? You went off and yeah, did yeah. another show for a second. You took yeah, a yeah. I took, I took, I, I didn't do season four. Um, and then I wasn't a part of the last season either. And then okay. I guess also at the beginning of season two, I was a very intermittent presence. What was going on with yeah, you, man? You were on, you were on <laughs> It's So Sunny too at the same yes. time, right? So because yeah. they're they were on like a different schedule because they were like a cable show, so. You you were able to do both, but um, but yeah, we we missed you a little bit in there, and then I was season a little four, in and out. Where did you go, season four? Season four, I I was uh, I'm trying to think of the most succinct way to tell this story, but basically, um, I I know where you went. We I was I had created a show with the Sunny Guys for Tracy Morgan. Oh, mm-hmm. amazing! Oh, yeah. And, um, but, but, you know, that's when his accident happened. Oh my God. So it was, you know, very, very sad and, uh, just an awful accident. And then one of the less important, uh, outcomes of that was, you know, that, that show was kind of put on ice for a little while. Um, but then eventually resurrected under different people or different network and it's it's the show the last og which is still on i love that show damn love love tracy morgan so i i get why you left us and it's always (laughs) sunny people are absolutely amazing so i understand but we missed you I I, I came running back came back (laughs) came back we were like and we came we were like open arms yeah i noticed that when you left our ratings kept dropping 
Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> Our ratings dropped and they were you like, know? we need more love. We need and- this guy who likes to write for all of them. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> this master of all of trades. Yeah. Do you have a standout episode for you that was the most challenging to write? Uh, yeah, I think... I think it was, I, I, I think it was also the best Don't episode. Don't say this. Oh, uh, tell Jess, us. Jess and Julia. Oh, oh, I love that episode. That one was. I can't wait to talk about that episode. Let's talk about it. I mean, that okay. was. <clears throat> that, that was inspired by like real stuff that was going on at the time. Yes. Um, we were kind of. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead, because I want to hear from your Well, I mean, you know, the the show was a big breakout hit, uh, but there was, like, a lot of conversation about, like, where, w- what the Jess character meant for feminism. And so, um, you know, like, we, usually I think it's best practices to not read too much about like what people are saying about a show, but it was kind of unignorable. And we were like, let's take this head on. Yeah. And we don't, I mean, I think. A lot of the criticism was like, ended up kind of being directed at me personally, Zoe, uh, you know, uh, and and it was kind of interesting because I think it, it actually, that episode allowed like us as a show to make a, a very good point, which is something I've kind of like always been saying is like, why do you care what I like? You know, like why do you care if I like, you yes. know, to craft yeah. or, you know, that I like things that are traditionally associated like with, you know, like I'm not saying that girls should like pink and purple and sparkles, but just cause I like something like that means nothing in terms of like, you know, you know who i am you know as a you know it doesn't mean that i can't be a feminist why why totally, i like, be strong and like those things just like this is the i like a rock i rock a lot of polka dots right yes That's exactly was given. and yeah. and i loved how you guys tackled it because it was it was it kind of because the julia character is a great character and she's totally cool and awesome and then you know the fact that julia kind of misunderstands jess and that Jess has the opportunity to, in a very like articulate way, say, you know, her piece. I I thought that was just such a great, and it was such a great way that it was, you know, done too. It was just, I yeah. And if you recall, episode. I mean, that was an episode that I co-wrote with Liz. Yes, um, and Liz and- was very fired up about. Yes. about the whole thing, which was fantastic. And I honestly, I think, like what you're talking about is definitely one of the core elements of the episode. But I think the reason that it landed is that it was in this story that was, it was really like, you know, you always want a a show. It's great for a You don't have to have it, but it's great for a show to have some kind of thesis statement of like, here's what I, here's what I see in the world. This is so, you know, Liz's thesis statement with New Girl was always about, like, here's how I see modern gender roles. Um, And I think what was really cool about that episode was that, like, that conversation about feminism was a part of a story where 
um, the characters were all kind of posturing and dealing with like the demands of traditional general gender roles um, and struggling with that. So Julia, yeah. who um, was, you know, a lawyer and kind of thought of herself as a certain played by Lizzie kind, Kaplan. played brilliantly the, the, the by great Lizzie Kaplan, Lizzie Kaplan, uh, you know, was in addition to kind of um, having a judgment about a certain style of, you know, clothing or presentation or whatever, ha- also had a, like a kind of a spillover judgment that she hadn't thought about, about emotionality. And so she was yeah. very guarded and she was like, you know, like Nick, you know, Nick says to Jess, um, yeah, we don't, you know, we don't do the labels thing. And just kind of with her emotional intelligence can see through that. And then turns out to be right. Um, especially right. when, anyway, I feel like I'm getting like a little. No, no, get in, get in. I, I want to hear this. Uh, no, no, no. It's so good. Yeah. Cause I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Jess and Julia had, if you, if you watch it again, it's like the characters all have like the scope of the episode. I can't believe it was all like jammed into one episode. It feels like a movie. Cause yeah. Lamorne, well, that was like your, I believe that was your Shelby episode. Oh, I believe that was the beginning of that. Was it really? I the, think so. The, the Shelby Callie Hawk. Callie Hawk. The, uh, wonderful Callie Hawk. Yeah. This is where this was like, you know, Winston was like, you know, too cocky with her and, mm. and has to kind of, be brought down a peg um, oh. but i but i think that was the same episode which is kind of like that's a lot of story to, a lot in in 21 minutes 35 <laughs> seconds is that also the ribbon hat episode yeah 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 that's oh like yeah the, like, yeah yeah of having your girls back well that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of like i think what was really like the legs on that episode that you know like Julia was like a, a a a kind of person who was kind of you know suspicious of a certain way of carrying herself as a woman but also had these liabilities and kind of you know she didn't have female friendships and maybe had you know some suspicion about that and it was great that Jess like not only in a you know could we could like show her having great female friendships you know supportive and kind of really engaging with each other. And that was like enticing and inviting to Julian. Like the best, best moment for me for that episode is after like the big confrontation between Jess and Julia at the courthouse that Julia comes to apologize to Jess um, and then sees that she's with her girlfriends and feels like, oh, that might be like hostile energy. Mm. And then Jess is like, no, come in. And I was like, that yeah. was that, and that was written by Kim Rosenstock. That scene, um, and it was great. Yeah, yeah. Kim Rosenstock, mm. great, another great writer that we yeah. had on on the show. Um, yeah, I I I really love that episode. What a what a definitely mini movie. There there are a lot of episodes on New Girl that I would call like mini movies, um, and oh, that is definitely one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I also think that like we, I think, you know, in the initial sort of like, ah, what are we doing? 
where, where I think, you know, we kind of everyone burned themselves out running at that high gear for so long. Mm-hmm. But you kind of make some unconventional choices that that do that are that expect more of the audience. Like if you talk about like the introduction of the Julia character, she was introduced in a way that we never would have done in latter seasons. You right. you just kind of drop the audience into the fact that like Nick has been dating someone and has not brought her around. And that's the first right. that's the first that the audience even hears about her. I thought I'd missed a scene. Like I thought I'd missed a scene when I, liked, I watched that episode. And I, I liked was like, the way Whoa. it happened. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, oh, they have this thing established. And also, I think I think Jake already knew Lizzie. So they kind of had a rapport that felt familiar anyway, you know, maybe they'd work together. Or they, you know, just knew each other. And, and so like, I felt like that the scene, the first scene you see them uh, together in the, in the story of the 50, um, they, you know, they, they feel like they, they, their people have been on a few dates and they're, they have a rapport. And I think what was also great about that drop in too, um, was that it made you feel like how, Winston and Jess and everybody else must have felt, which is like, wait a minute, I know these people intimately. I watch this show, I know these characters, and like, who's that? Yeah. Right? And you got to totally. have the same feeling as the other characters when they're just like, why aren't you bringing her around? You embarrassed about us? Like, why didn't I know about this, Nick? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, yeah. I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Very much But, so. but it's no also, feeling. I think it's more real for the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, like, look, like there is a presentational style to. TV and especially half hour TV and you're kind of like, you know, that sort of stuff is rare on network sitcoms, but you know, that was such a different era 10 years ago, you know? Um, and I think some of the audience was there for it of like, yeah, we're like willing to be a little more immersed and yeah. we appreciate it when the story is like, giving me credit and trying to feel real instead of just being like, Hey, here's the information you need to understand the episode. Ready? Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I prefer to see, you know, even in a sitcom, you have to like, you know, lay out some exposition, but the, the, the more creative you can be in giving the exposition, it, the better and and also the less the better and i i definitely think there there was a real effort made to kind of avoid like those like very conventional ways of like giving people details yeah. <laughs> backstory right like a powerpoint <laughs> yeah speaking of, speaking of non uh conventional ways to tell stories you're working on a, a show now uh called dave mm-hmm. um, love dave yeah love great dave great show thanks guys <laughs> That is that is a pretty cool If you guys cool don't already show. watch it, do yourself a favor, run, yeah. don't walk. Don't I mean, well, you don't have to run. You yeah, can probably just like, that can just get click, pretty dangerous. Click. You can make it run to you. Yeah. Make it run to you. <laughs> I mean, it's streaming everywhere. Fast fingers on the remote. <laughs> you guys stream it. Stream it. Get use those the, get on those the stream. Yeah. Use those Nintendo fingers. Does Nintendo <laughs> still exist? Can we just talk about this for one second? Because it was the way you knew you're on a huge soundstage. There's so many people, so many corners, but you always knew if love was on set because he's got the most 
easily identifiable laugh yeah you've ever heard and you would always hear it and for me it was always like the best feeling because you're like oh love's here <laughs> it's a jolly and delightful laugh or yeah, if is. the lights are off and you're watching <laughs> one of those uh, conjuring type films could also be considered a scary oh, laugh. sleep yeah yes <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. yeah sorry Dave, we're I, talking I, about Dave. i ruined a lot of takes with that laugh <laughs> <laughs> it cannot be muffled yeah. I got to say, like, I loved it when takes were ruined because of laughing, because I'm like, this means we got something going on here. You know, <laughs> I remember the first season seeing the boom shaking and looking over <laughs> and our boom operator was laughing so hard they could barely keep the boom still. Um, well, let's 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 yeah, let's talk about Dave for a second. Yeah, let's talk about Dave. We we love this I'd show love to talk about Dave. How did you find your way to yeah. Dave? You know, it's the same old. Same old boring story um, that, you know, my agent was like, do you know about Lil Dicky? And I was like, I know I'm old now. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, let me, let me tell you. Um, and, you know, um, Dave Bird, AKA Lil Dicky has been kind of making videos, like just these insanely viral super funny but like great music also videos for uh, several years and and so it's like wow yeah i definitely got to meet this guy and so you know we started making the show and i think the the big surprise on dave was just like the level of emotionality i mean i you know you just mm-hmm. first season of the show you just really you have a pilot you know which tells you a lot, but, but then you have a lot to figure out. Um, and you don't always know, like, you know, whenever, I mean, you guys all know this, like, you know, when you like go to pitch a show, you like pretend like you like have the whole thing mapped out. You're like, like, I've got it, but I'm not going to tell you yet. Here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Episode four is going to end on. And then, you know, everyone talks about like when your show actually, if you, you know, I don't even know if they make pilots these days or it's just straight to series, which seems even more daunting, but then you're like, all right, I have to actually do this now. Um, and you don't know, you have to, you have to feel it out. Um, uh, always and, straight to series with me. <laughs> always straight. Yeah. yeah always, with Lamorne, it's different than the rest green of light. us. Well, yeah. That, yeah. Green light, green light Morris. Yeah. Uh, That's what they call him. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for saying that means a lot. Guys. That means a lot to me. They um, just have a bank account ready <laughs> that's just full of money yeah. for Lamorne. Should we break and it? He can yeah. just real yeah. gold, real gold. Yeah, real gold. What is that? It's full. It's actually full. Of, it's not a bank account. It's like <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Lamorne's holding up gold coin uh, swimming pool. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Lamorne is holding uh, an award. I don't know what it is, but it, yeah. it's definitely award? real what gold. Is it? It's the Rose d'Or Award for comedy. Give oh, for why. comedy? Oh. For unintentional comedy. <laughs> for, for woke. For <laughs> um, which is also on Hulu with also, Dave. Now back to yeah, your guys, get, get your Hulu. Hulu. Get your Hulu subscriptions. Get it going. Get it in order. Get it in order, guys. Don't let that lapse. Make sure don't let it lapse. Make sure it's up to date so you can watch all of Woke and all of Dave. Because mm-hmm. there's some people who are talented behind these shows. That's I have right. to just share with you, love, because I don't know if we've ever talked about it since it happened. 
one of my favorite love moments on set. Also goes to show why representation matters on set. <laughs> but they were, um, we were shooting the episode where Schmidt has broken his penis. Mm. And he's Classic. coming to meet my grandmother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were just like hanging out at Video Village, kicking it. And we we're like, who did you get to play with the grandmother? And they were sort of like, we're still looking, we're still looking. Anyway, and I'll never forget. It was, I think it was Liz sitting there with a bunch of people. Do you remember this? And they were like, oh yeah, we we just found someone. Um, she's super great. She's going to be great. Uh, she's flying out here from New York. Her name is Mad Matter. Mad, and both you and I in unison went, you're not going to say Mother Joffrey, are you? There's no way you can't have Mother Joffrey. And we both had these meltdowns and had to like (laughs) fully deep dive into what in like a legend of a woman she is. And I remember like being emotional and like I could not believe that she was going to come and play this role. Liz, this woman is going to have a masterclass in six years about (laughs) Indian cooking. You don't understand. She's the queen. She's our Julia Child. I was like, what is happening? And then it dawned on me, and I remember looking at you as like, I'm going to meet this woman that I have known and loved my whole life from afar, and I have to sit at a table with her and talk about a broken dick. <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's the thing. There's always a catch. You know what I mean? There's always a catch. The universe, It's like a deal with the devil. Me. Yeah, exactly. It's like they're like, we're going to get your hero here. Yes. And, you know, yeah, you can ask her questions about, you know, whatever you want. But, you, but once the camera's rolling, you're going to have to talk to her about a broken dick. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I remember feeling so, you know, when you're like in, and out of your body at the same time. Like I was in the scene, but I'm also like, here I am sitting with Mother Joffrey. This is amazing. Yeah, True. I don't and believe this. I don't believe, I don't believe this. It. Like they're making me do it. <laughs> and I remember, I guess that's where Schmidt's character learns that um, being emotional like turns him on, and it's very painful because <laughs> he's in a cast. So we had to make these noises of excruciating pain of realizing he was in love. And it's Max. And I'll never forget. I was so in and out of the scene. I'm looking at her and I have this insane wildebeest next to me making these crazy sounds in front of this woman that I'm trying to be respectful within our culture, especially to be like, she's this woman. I just want to, you know, I'm trying to like hold myself to this high regard. Anyway, it was one of those. I remember laughing so hard because I was so uncomfortable and nervous and he was so funny that I cried all my makeup off, all my lashes off. I crawled under the table to try to compose myself during the scene. And I Do was you guys like, want to give a like... quick bio of Mother Joffrey? Just so that everybody <laughs> Yeah. To enlighten I mean, anybody who doesn't know. Her her She's a legend. She's a legend. She's double double threat. I'm sure she has many other threats, but she's at like a world class level with two things. She's mm-hmm. an actor. But as Hannah was saying, she's also like the Julia Child of Indian cooking, especially it's like kind of most recognizable ambassador to the Western world. So, mm-hmm. you know, even like in the certainly the I don't know when when she started, but certainly like in as early as the 80s was kind of like, here's Indian cooking and I want to bring it to to the West. 
Mm-hmm. And, and an iconic like, film star. I mean, she's just absolutely, she's incredible. And her daughter, Sakina Jeffrey, is also <clears throat> this incredible actress. And there wasn't, you know, there's not a lot of us out there that were kind of breaking through. I mean, there's a lot of us out there, list. but just not a lot <laughs> the of us. The breaking through part. Breaking the breaking through. through. <laughs> um, but it was a huge moment. And I just remember you and I locking eyes and like you getting it. And then that it was just like a really great moment for me. Well, like I, I don't know if you remember. But my parents were there for that scene. They had they had come to visit. Oh my gosh! And so oh, they so like, excited. They were so excited, but but, they, broken but this dick. exact same and like the exact same feelings you're talking dilemma. about. I was like, <laughs> you know how I pay my bills? Like <laughs> this is. Let me <laughs> let me let me set the scene for you. What do you need to know in order to Um, understand this scene? Uh, uh, His dick broke. He Uh, broke his dick from violent sex. Uh, um, I mean, you guys are familiar with this, right? Um, This is a thing, right? This is a thing. Everybody knows about this. And he's having a huge erection in this scene. Yeah. Don't worry. It's covered by a cat. He's going to make a lot of noises. (laughs) And the noises are going to interrupt um, (laughs) a a lovely scene. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, question. That was where uh, my parents, like, as soon as as soon as they started shooting, they both were like, did their personalities like so perfectly to a T. My mom was like, immediately starts pitching lines. And it's like, what if like <laughs> Schmidt said like this? And then my dad <laughs> shushes her and demonstrates like a knowledge of coverage that I had no idea he knew. He was like, it's not Cece's turn right now. It's not Schmidt's turn right now. It's Cece's turn. The camera will be on Schmidt later. <laughs> and Kim and then and then Kim Rosenstock was there who had just started like, you know, still pretty early in her and she was like, Oh, like that's coverage. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> that's amazing. Writer directors uh, in your blood. Yeah. I was typing in uh, Mother Joffrey because I was gonna give a profound explanation of who she was. However, but there's too I'm, much. Yeah, I'm, well, well I miss too long. <laughs> well, yeah, I misspelled her name and then uh oh, Cersei gosh. Lannister came up, uh, mother and of Joffrey. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> And then you went down a, 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 a Wikipedia hole while we were all talking. Yes. 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 Like, oh, I forgot about him, yeah. Joffrey. Like, she likes Game of Thrones too? Damn, yeah. that's crazy. Like, wow, so there's Box dragons. The ending. Yeah. 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 So, I, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, so you know, I'm glad you uh, brought that up. <laughs> Mother of Joffrey. Yes. 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 Oh, my goodness. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. 
with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts as important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner gene eugene fodor gene was boarded Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jin, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jin. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jin! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination.
Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to our show. Speaking of unruly children, love, since you were there from day one almost to the very end. Uh-oh, who's this about? <laughs> No, just the evolution of the show. I mean, very few people get to sit on something for, you know, years and years and years and watch this show kind of grow. Um, I don't know. Talk to us a little bit about that. Just a little bit about watching the show, the story, the characters. Yeah. Um, You always have like a couple of engines in the show that, I mean, that's like a clinical way of talking about it, but like a basic tension you know, um, and I think with our show and other kind of friend type shows, like one of them is just like, what, you know, like how, you know, are, how are, where are these characters going to end up and how are they going to kind of transition? How are they going to make the transition from like friend life to family life? It's kind of like the basic yeah. journey mm-hmm. and certainly is the journey that we took our characters on. Um, so that was like really gratifying. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think like between us and like, I don't know, like Brooklyn nine, nine, I don't know if we're going to see any more like 22 episode shows go for that long. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think that there's something that's like, very immersive about it. Uh, you know, again, I, I always like reach for these like Ted talk type words. And all I mean <laughs> is that like, you know, the audiences has really like loves the characters and feels like they know them and, and they're, they're real and you have just spent so much time with them. So you can kind of, you just get really invested in that journey. And then you have like, a couple of little signposts along the way. Like I thought Max made a really great point when, uh, so in the, it was like kind of a last second idea it for, for the Schmidt and CC wedding that the douchebag jar be broken uh, during the wedding ceremony. And, Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, in a way that I, I don't I'm not trying to cast aspersions on Max if he's so surprised at such a pointed observation from him. It was just like, <laughs> it's the strength of the observation. He was just like, well, this is the end of the Schmidt character story. Like that was like, you know, the douchebag jar is like what you see in the pilot. Like this mm-hmm. is this character's issue. He like has a, a heart of gold, but you know, for whatever reasons and you know, his own he journey that control. he's been on can't control it and when he finally conquers that like that's the end of his story um and you know i mean i think that there's still there was still a little bit more story to be told for schmidt but that's also true like that was like the you know the main journey that that character was on and when you end that you end that that journey and, you know, you, tr- you try to come up with other ones. Um, and, you know, there have been, like, overlapping ones. And his story with his own family, obviously, is a source of, of that as well. But I just I was just really impressed uh, and and just kind of dumbstruck by by that observation. It's really 
true. So it was like great to see. And then, you know, like with, with Jess, I, I, I would be curious to know how you feel about this Zoe um, yeah. of like Jess's career stories. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like, that that would be one that I kind of want back a little bit because mm. I think we fell prey to this like very American idea of like, oh, you got to climb the ladder. And somehow that resulted in like just like wanting to be an administrator and right. which is a little bit like you – I thought we kind of like got up a tree on that because it's like, is that that exciting? Like, you know, visually, comedically um, – I don't know. What do you think about that? That's interesting. I hadn't actually thought of I hadn't actually thought of it that way. I mean, I I felt it more as a comment on Jess still trying to find herself in in a professional setting that like that she's kind of constantly searching. She's like like a middle school teacher, then she teaches adults and then she's, you know, administrator and she kind of like switches around a lot. Um I kind of took it more from that perspective. And then mm-hmm. I did like the contrast, you know, um, cause Jess is such a teacher. Um, and then, you know, um, I, I did like the contrast of her kind of being a little out of place as a principal, mm-hmm. um, that, that she's kind of like a kid in a lot of ways. And, and what happens when you have this character that's kind of a, you know, a bit, you know, is very young at heart, and then they're having to do a very grown up job. Yeah, no, that's um, true. That's true. But you know, I, 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 I could see that. Um, but, but from my perspective, I, I didn't, it didn't bother me. I, I thought it was just like you know, those, those shifts, you know, where she's looking for a job, like those, those kind of, those kind of moments you know, or those kind of like arcs were really great and, um, you know, kind of created a lot of good episodes too, just like where she's just in between jobs and. Totally. Totally. And I think like, you know, the show obviously is tethered to the idea of like, is, is just going to find happiness, you know? Um, and so that's definitely like, you know, like finding that satisfaction in that, part of your life is part of it um but you know that was fun to tell like a sprawling <laughs> story uh about you know this, where you just spend so much years with this character <laughs> and yeah. like and you know get to that happy ending and then i think with you know like i think i think with i think that was kind of ultimately the I don't know. That's kind of like ultimately the journey for all the characters and probably for like every character ever, especially like (laughs) in half hour TV. And it's like something that's like, you know, when you like, when you try to pitch it, they're like, what's the exciting, crazy thing that, that it's about. And it's like, I can kind of do that. like song and dance of like, yeah, it's about this. And, and definitely, like this show was like through through Liz's lens, and that's what was like exciting and interesting about it. But ultimately, 
the concept of what the characters are, are pursuing is, I mean, it's universal, but it sounds banal to say they're pursuing happiness, but mm-hmm. you know, like the, it's, it's in the specifics of the execution and like our, like, you know, you're going to blush, but like our absolutely brilliant cast, like just bringing these characters Thank to you. life um, and in like such specific ways and like that's what you're going for, and and our amazing writers. Well, there were a lot, so uh, you know, they can't all be great. but uh, but um, you know, it's like it when you say it on paper, it sounds so stupid and obvious, um, but sometimes that's life. It's interesting too. I feel like because we well did said. it for Thank so you, love long. Con- very kind words. <laughs> <laughs> there's something too i felt at least was that because we had so much time with the characters and you know all the writers were in the same age group ish as the cast was and the producers and again we spent so much time together that it was everybody kind of went from like dating and then having families and organically as was happening on the show was also happening in our real lives and there was that really like those nice moments. That and the, and then there was Finkel and Bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of art imitating life. And that must have felt cool to us as a writer to be like, oh, I can naturally and authentically write about this. Yeah. And Finkel and Bear are like, we've been waiting. Thank you. Somebody have a baby on this show. Um, wait. I, so, Lamorne, do you want to set up our, our last question that we ask? Yes, uh, indeed, I do. Um, so, love, this is a, a little segment of our show, which we call uh, Nick's Box. Um, um, and this is the part of the show where we crawl into the back of Nick's closet and pull out memories that the cast and crew of New Girl have kept hidden for years. Mm. So, love, Rake, what's your favorite memory from your time working on new girl and please do not say the time that i had the bubble guts in the <laughs> we Christmas don't remember episode. we he don't remember that even part. know about it <laughs> i mean i, swear I think he knew about it i swear I, he does i think the thing that i have already said on the record is is not even a memory of mine could not be my favorite memory <laughs> <laughs> Man, I mean, there's just so much. Um, you know, I mean, New Girl is like working on the show was such an all-encompassing thing. Um, you know, you like that's you know, like some of my closest friends are you know the writers on that show like, to this day. Um, so it's like there's like life memories, there's like professional memories, and like you know, like. There was like, and there's like, there's memories of like insane hardship, like that, like the Jess and Julia episode, which I think is like our best episode. I had to stay at the office from like Monday morning to Wednesday afternoon. I literally did not go home <laughs> for 48 oh, hours. My God. Um, and at one point, like, was that the week before? Was that after table read? And then, or was that dirt while we were shooting it? No, that was, that was the table week. So like yeah. it was, you it was know, the table, the table it, yeah. read was Tuesday and 
you know, we had to push the table to Wednesday, but like, you know, we were like, I remember like Monday night, like, you know, Finkel and Bear and Liz had already been habitually sleeping at the office. Yeah, we had some very hardworking writers who were <laughs> who were sleeping in the office because they were too tired to drive home. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, especially now with the way that people are talking about, you know, what level of hard work is required to make TV. It, mm. it looks a lot different. But, you know, it's just like you have this, like, sense of mission. And so literally, like, that Monday night, I was like, well, I, like... I, or no, it was the Tuesday where, you know, we had kind of like finally assembled, like, you know, Liz sent in like her part of the story and we like put the whole thing together. And there was like a little bit of time off, um, but it was like from like 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. And we're right. like at the Fox lot and I like live <laughs> like on the break. east side. So I was like, <laughs> I can't, I would love to go home and take a shower, <laughs> um, but I can't. So I guess I will just take a shower at the Fox gym and <laughs> go to the gap at the Century City Mall and like buy new underwear and socks. Uh, and like as I was heading and, like, out get a burrito <laughs> As I was heading out, I was like, does anyone want anything from the gap? And Finkel was like, Can you get me some jeans? I was like that <laughs> was a fake <laughs> offer. I don't like jeans. Really, a light like purchase. Yeah. Like, I, I I thought maybe Boot some cut. socks, but I, <laughs> it's really hard to buy you jeans. All right, what, what, what's cut? your size? Yeah, and so I, I bought Finkel some jeans at the Gap uh, with my time off. So that was a memory. Um, you I know. just feel like I just feel like on that break, the errands, the the clothes shopping, you could have went home. Could have gone. You could have gone. Then you're home. just like, in the yeah. car. Then that's just, the thing I about would LA. Barely make it back on time. You go there, have a glass of water, turn back in the car. Yeah, well, I guess that makes sense. Well, the man well. needed some fresh onions. I would have. Well, more. I would have done it if I could. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't like. Ah. <laughs> Let me not like look at that option carefully. I was like, I'm hoping that it, there's a way that it makes sense, and I was like, it it just doesn't. Um, but you know, there were, there were, you know, the table read that I really loved was, uh, parking spot. Oh, that um, was a good episode. That was really, really fun. And it also was like, you know, when, so you have these bullets, like the douchebag jar, you have all of this romantic tension between Nick and Jess. And when you, and you want to fire those bullets carefully, but you got to fire them at some point. So we fired that one. And then you're nervous because you're like, what, like, what do we have when we don't have that tension anymore? So it was like really gratifying that, you know, that that episode was clicking. Um, And that was another one that we kind of like wrote by the seat of our pants. And then there were other, like, you know, when I wasn't there for the last season, I thought I, I was like, I just love show. I love the show. finale so much. And it was like Aww. watching it as like an audience member and it was so perfect. I mean, I just I I just really it was like, you know, like to take like the true American motif and like translate that into like all these characters, like having a family life still all being together. What more do you want? 
Oh my God! Yeah, if what I a perfect right ending to this. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, <laughs> look at you. Look at You're you. a joy and a delight. As are you. All. We miss and a love. you. And a we love. And a love. And a dad. Will I be seeing uh, you near my? And you're a dad. Now. Home. Yeah, are you going to hang out in the porta potty outside <laughs> the one time? Circle it back, Lamorne. Circle it back. <laughs> that 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 house that we shot in was where we had so many COVID shutdowns this fall, and oh, wow. we had we. So we will never. Never go back to that house. <laughs> <laughs> so it's we'll got just have COVID. To make plans. It's it's uh, um it's, a, it's like a uh a, a hazmat situation. Oh yeah, yeah. very filthy <laughs> house. Yeah, as a shooting in a crack They've house. Come on, man, <laughs> Bill, get your budget higher. Yeah. Um, for the record, Lamorne lives in a very nice home. Yeah. I, I yeah, but the house across the street, not so much. <laughs> yeah, we weren't shooting Stay on them. this yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. Lamorne's got a, a, a nice amount of curb space, so we can park all sorts of stuff. bodies, <laughs> right in front of his house. Front of his house, yeah. And the he bad- has all sorts of cameras to watch you. <laughs> <laughs> the bad part about this whole scenario is we can just drop it because you guys keep talking about it, and it's honestly it's annoying. And it's stupid. Well, right. But they bring it. They bring these pamp- these like uh, forms to fill out, and inf- you know, and say, "Hey, can we shoot in front of your house?" And I'm thinking, okay, I have a nice house. Uh, yeah, you guys can use my like that part if you want to. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for any money. Great. And some neighbors asked for money. I said, no, it's just fine. Just shoot your show. And you put the goddamn porta potties in front of my house. I was so offended and upset. You got to teach I, people how to treat you, Lamorne. I know. I want 25 buckaroos. <laughs> yeah, then they would have been like, don't Cash mess with that money. guy. Yeah. We love you. Thank you so much for coming and sharing you, all love. your incredible memories. That was so fun. Was. What a stroll so down fun. Crandall Lane. Best. <laughs> stroll down Crandall Lane. <laughs> yes. You're the best, man. You're the best. Please come back another time. Yeah, we can talk back. more and more yeah. specifics about more. some of the episodes that to. you yeah. wrote. All right, cool. man. All right. Thanks, love. You've been listening to Welcome to Our Show, a New Girl recap podcast. Welcome to Our Show is a production of iHeartRadio, hosted by Zoe Deschanel, Lamorne Morris, and Hannah Simone. Our executive producer is Joelle Monique. Our engineer and editor is Daniel Goodman. The Welcome to Our Show theme song was written by Zoe Deschanel, performed and produced by Zoe Deschanel and Pierre DeReeder. Follow us on Instagram at Welcome to Our Show Pod. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, you can email us at Welcome to Our Show Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share far and wide. Thanks for listening. We'll hear you next week. Psst, there's a shortcut to platinum status at Shell. To saving 10 cents per gallon on every fill every day. Just fill up six times with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline and it's yours. Plus, you'll rejuvenate your engine. Get ready to level up performance, rewards, and savings. With continuous use in gasoline direct injection engine fuel injectors, Platinum Status is earned with 12 Phillips over three months, 10-gallon minimum per Phillip at participating Shell locations. Terms apply. Visit fuelrewards.com status. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, this time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.